3: To start listening,
4: breaking down every game every day in Major League Baseball. This is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson.
5: A well, warm welcome to Lovey Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beason Family and Podcast. And it is a podcast that is powered both by DraftKings and Vote Yes on Prop 27. Prop 27. Doing what it can to get Californians able to bet online and bet safely because over half the country is able to bet online. Places like Boston, New York, out here, lovely Las Vegas, Portland, all these fine cities are able to bet online. Meanwhile, Californians they are stuck with the shady bookies. So vote yes on Prop 27 and we're voting yes on a great podcast today, as yes. in segment number two, we're going to be joined by John Jansen of Fox Sports Philadelphia, the Gambler. Get his takeaways from what we saw in game four of the NLCS, yes, in which the Phillies now hold a 3-1 to lead. What is going to lie ahead for the rest of that series? And on top of that, take a look forward to what we might actually get in terms of the World Series, because, well, with the Astros leading by a count of 3-0 to zero, the Phillies up by a count of 3-1, to one. Looking like that is most likely going to be the World Series matchup. Never say never. Just ask the uh, New York Yankees themselves after they blew a 3-0 lead over the Boston Red Sox many, many years ago, but would be quite an unlikely upset if either team falls in those series, but... We're going to get his thoughts there in the final segment. Going to give you guys picks and analysis on both games on the betting board for this MLB Sunday as we touch them all. If you've got a question, comment, segment idea, what I have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we be those in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at unit underscore 81. Keep in mind letters EM. Maybe does not matter, so as per usual, please send these into the timeline and the other way. That is fine an Apple Podcast Review. If you're at this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you are able to fire whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. Did not really get in any Twitter questions today, other than how bad has it been for the New York Yankees? So let's take a look back at things, try to find some trends, and try to get to know these teams a little bit better.
6: A Games from yesterday is Greg buzzing about.
5: Here is the Rowdy Recap. Yankees have scored just four runs thus far in three games against the Houston Astros, as the Astros get the job done by a count of 5-0. to zero. Garrett Cole... He pitched a little bit better, in my opinion, than the sad line would indicate he did give up those five runs, but was not done any favors by Harrison Bader, who misplayed a ball in the outfield, a ball that should have been caught. It was not, and then he gives up a home run to Chaz McCormick in an inning in which he should have been out of, second of the postseason for Chaz McCormick. And then from there, you did have the avalanche that ensued in the sixth inning with the Astros to put up a trio as Garrett Cole does give up five runs, three of which were earned over the course of five innings. From there, Lou Trevino, Chief Squirrel, is saying, Domingo so, Herman, along with Miguel Castro, both Landy a is sending in for the New York Yankees. John Carlson, he was able to get a hit in this one. He got a double off of Christian Javier, and that's about all that they got off of Javier. Five and a third inning scoreless as regular season and postseason. Twelve and a third inning scoreless for Javier with one hit. He has been absolutely tremendous. Brian Nubre did give up a pair of hits in the ninth inning, but was able to keep them off the scoreboard as Hunter Brown and Rafael Montedo lend a scoreless setting that they combined for, and Ryan sanek a scoreless setting, so the Astros one game away from the World Series, and then the DK and Asia pick of the over in Phillies versus the Padres. Well, you could have just taken the amount of runs that the Phillies had, and it went over. 10-6 to of final. You had seven runs scored in the first inning, as this might have been the worst starting pitching matchup in the history of the championship series. Mike Clevenger gives up three runs and doesn't get a single out. Bailey Falter gets two outs and gives up four runs. This was just a big, giant calamity from there, as Connor Brogdon, doing a 3rd inning scoreless out of the bullpen. Andrew Bellotti goes for a scoreless inning, now Brian right in. He did allow two runs, including a homer, in his inning of work, but no Thor Sinigar, David Robertson. They combined for three scoreless innings, and Zach Eflin was able to close the door as for the Phillies. Bryce Harper continues to be absolutely white hot for the team. No home runs, but another multi hit game. For him, as you did have a multi-home run game for Reese Hoskins, who was able to bust out. He went deep off of Mike Clevenger and then off of Sean Manea as well. And for Manea, just a no-good, terrible night. After Nick Martinez won three scoreless innings after Clevenger, well, he pooped the bed. You had Manea give up five runs while getting four outs, including that home run. Luis Garcia from there goes one and two-thirds innings, allowing a home run for one solo home run. Steven Wilson he gives up one run in an inning. That was a solo home run as well as Adrian Morejon, was able to go for a scoreless inning as J.T. Muto took Stephen Wilson deep, and then Kyle Schwarber, his third home run, I believe, of the series as he goes deep off of Luis Garcia. So the Phillies, they are one game away from going to the World Series as well. So who knows? We might not be getting any games on Monday if both the Phillies and the Astros get the job done on Sunday. As things stand right now in the postseason, underdogs are 16 and 14 with overs and unders. Even up, 15-15 home teams. They have won 18-12 and 12 here in the playoffs. So that's what we got in Major League Baseball on Saturday. Now let's take a look at the NLCS with our good friend John Jansen of Fox Sports Philadelphia, the Gambler. If the Phillies get there, if they are able to match up with the Astros in the World Series, is something else that I'm going to pose to John? And whether or not, this is going to be the end of the road for our good friends, the San Diego Padres on Sunday. That is up next right here on the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. The Nikki Glazer
2: Podcast. Oh.
7: And recap iconic moments.
9: Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some
7: of the wild stories behind the scenes.
10: We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off.
7: Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons.
9: A dollar to Curry. Back to England.
7: And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: Breaking down every game every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. Come
5: what dear Las Vegas opening show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the VC Family Podcast. Great to be joined by John Jansen. He does terrific work over there at Fox Sports Philadelphia, the gambler, as ain't right now. Philadelphia is a very good place to be if you're a sports fan. The Philadelphia Phillies, they get the job done on Saturday, so now they are one game away from going to the World Series. It has obviously been a great year for the Philadelphia Eagles. We shall see on the 76ers a little bit too early in the season. <laughs> Don't really make too much of a judgment call there. They lose to the Milwaukee Bucks, but you know what? The Milwaukee Bucks are having a very solid roster for this season. And to be able to follow John on Twitter, that is at jjansen34 altogether. And, John, always great to have you aboard. Thank you. Yeah,
6: thanks for having me. And it is good. So the Phillies are in the playoffs, but also Philadelphia Union MLS. They just won their game as well. On to the Eastern Conference Finals. So a lot of good things happening in Philly right now. Eagles undefeated. Phillies continue to look as good as they are. And the Union looking good. And the Gambler is the home for Philadelphia Union soccer. So
5: I got to give a shout out.
6: But it's been a lot of fun, I'll admit.
5: Oh, absolutely, and I'm sure that you had a fun time Saturday night as the Philadelphia Phillies, they get it ton of what I ultimately thought was the biggest toss-up game, because Mike Clevenger and Bailey Falter, I tweeted this out, it has to be the worst starting pitching matchup we've seen in <laughs> NLCS history. Both teams were unable to get any length whatsoever, so that led to the bullpens being utilized, and though the Philadelphia Phillies needed all hands on deck, I do think that having Zach Wheeler coming back on full rest now that puts them in a much better spot because now with Philadelphia having out there Zach Wheeler, you're able to feel so much better because they needed everyone that wasn't in the starting rotation to pitch on Saturday.
6: Yeah, they did. That was going to be which lineups better. I mean, honestly, that Saturday night game came down to the lineups because we all know Bailey Falter has not pitched a lot in the majors and was probably going to struggle, but you were aware, and I think a lot that were paying attention to, to baseball this season, knew that Clevenger wasn't that good as well. So there was a lot of emphasis on lineups and who would be able to score enough runs to win this one. The one anchor of the lineups, you know, and it's it's a great parallel too. it's been Bryce Harper. So Bryce Harper left Washington, and in his place was Juan Soto. And Juan Soto goes and wins a World Series with Washington. And Bryce Harper gets this label of a guy that can't win in the postseason, that is just not a good regular season player, just can't win in the postseason, can't get into the postseason. And all he's done is been the best player in the major leagues, in the postseason, all postseason long. And that has just lifted the Phillies over and over again. Yes, Reese Hoskins comes up with some big hits here and there. Kyle Schwarber has done really well in the championship series. But Bryce Harper has been, since Game 2 against the Cardinals, the best player in baseball for these you know two weeks in the postseason. That is huge. So the starting pitching was is an issue, especially when you have to pitch Bailey Falter. But it was coming down to these two lineups. And for Bryce Harper to just make himself known as the best player in baseball... That is awesome to see for a player that got the label of someone who just couldn't get it done in the postseason. And I think that's fantastic.
5: Yep, it really is. And for Bryce Harper, he just needed to get healthy because if you took a look at his time since he came off the injured list, I believe it was 35 games in total. He was sitting just below the Mendoza line of 200 with three home runs. He now here in the postseason entered into Saturday with four home runs. He's sitting right around a 400 here in the playoffs. And that's really what has been... Big for the Phillies, because I think that the Phillies, among the four teams that made the championship series, they had the highest boomer-puss potential, the highest variance, and now that he has Mayo Fire on Elsoners, and now that you've got Reese Hoskins and Kyle Schwarber on their funks, as they had a combined four hits and three home runs in the game on Saturday. That makes the Phillies all the more dangerous. And I think the big question is, can they sustain it?
6: Yeah, that's a it's a really good question. In September, before they hit October and you know started going on this run, September was obviously a really bad month for the Phillies. They weren't hitting the ball well, their starting pitching wasn't good. And that's both Wheeler coming back from injury and Nola as well. You know, everyone just did not pitch too well in September. But those three months in the summer June, July, August they had one of the top three records in that span. It was the Dodgers, it was the Braves, and it was the Phillies. So to me, that's a large enough of a sample size for me to think that the Phillies are capable of that. So you're right, they are boom or bust, and they proved that in September when they were a complete bust. But the boom was telling me that they are one of the best teams in baseball when everything's going right and now they have Kyle Schwerber hitting. Reese Hoskins, it's been a lot of down, but there's been really good moments with Reese, and Saturday was huge. Two home runs, he's the reason why they basically win that game, and Bryce Harper looks like himself, and Wheeler and Nola have both been excellent in postseason play. So it's, it's a top-heavy Phillies lineup. It's a top-heavy Phillies rotation, but I think through that span of three months, they proved to at least me that – they are one of the best teams in baseball. It's just obviously when the Phillies have the kind of injuries that they did and started with Joe Girardi the way they did, you know, it, it obviously had some low points during the season. But that's a large enough three-month sample size for me to think that that's not a fluke. That's real. And the Phillies are showing us that's real all in the postseason. It doesn't surprise me, honestly, that much the way that they're playing right now.
5: Absolutely. They've been able to do an amazing job here in the postseason, and now they're going to need to try to get to Darvish here on Sunday. It's joining me on the podcast. We do have John Chanson of Fox Sports Philadelphia, the gambler. And as numbers are coming out right now, we're seeing the Phillies right around a minus 135 favor, which I think might be a little bit high in this spot just because he yeah, has pitched relatively well, even in the loss they took. Against the Philadelphia Phillies, he gave up two runs. It's not like he got completely shelved. Gave up one absolutely massive shot from Kyle Schwarber. So if you want to do the math, that was worth a little bit more than one home run in terms of distance. It's still counted as only one run. But that said, with you, Darvish, he's been able to do a good job. But how critical do you think it is? for the Phillies to be able to close out in Philadelphia, because I do take a look at things. And if they don't close out here, they still have a valuable opportunity with Aaron Noah. But I do think that game seven would be a really big role that I, I think it needs to be either Wheeler or Aaron Noah here, just because with Rangers Suarez pitch well in game three, but I wouldn't necessarily have a lot of confidence in him in a game seven scenario.
6: Yeah. And no, I completely agree with that. So in the first two games, so a lot of Phillies fans did this where you know, you have to win Wheeler and Nola starts. You know, you have to win both of those. I never look at it that way. So I look at the advantage of having those two pitchers are on the road in the first two games, you could split one of those two because either Wheeler or Nola is going to win one of their games because they're that good. And I feel like they are in the same circumstance now where they have to win one of these two games. Obviously, I don't want it to get the Game 7. I think you're right. Game 7 would be really tough. As much as I love, I'm the biggest fan of Ranger Suarez, Greg Peterson. But I know in a Game 7, that would be extremely tough. And I don't want it to get to that point. I think I'm confident in knowing one of those two games, either the Wheeler start coming up next or the Nola start they can win one of those. And that's the advantage of having two great pitchers because back-to-back, it's really hard to hit against those two guys. So I think that's a big advantage for the Phillies right now. It's why, I mean, getting a 3-1 lead is huge and why they may end up and probably will end up in the World Series because of that advantage. So I don't know if Sunday is a must-win, but I think it's a must-win to win either one of a Wheeler or a Nola start, And they both... In the postseason, I know Nola didn't have his best start in Game 2, but Wheeler also lost Game 2 against the Braves, not in the same kind of fashion that Nola did. He kind of fell apart and certainly didn't look as good as he has been, meaning Wheeler can lose a game, but Nola can pick up, and Nola can lose a game and Wheeler will pick it up. It's great to have those two, and one of those guys are going to win a game, and I I think that's huge for them, but I agree with you. I think you're right that the number's a little too high because, Greg, I am one who was very skeptical of the Padre starting rotation all season long. The name sounded good. Clevenger and Snell and Darvish and Musgrove. You know, you look at the metrics and you look at things like their ex and their FIP. It's like these guys aren't built to sustain that success. And yet they've pitched better than maybe they have in years. So you're right. Darvish is a really tough task. I think the number may be a little bit too high to bet. But I think the Phillies do win one of these, either Wheeler or Nola
5: starts. Yeah, Ben, when it comes to the San Diego Padres, you mentioned it with Mike Clevenger. He and Sean Mineo, who that was another big upgrade yeah, for the right. team as well, was supposed to be an upgrade in combined area of 27 here in the postseason. Oh, cool. Certainly Blake Snell recently has been able to love up to his billing. I think we both agree. He pitched a bit better than the four yep. runs and five innings would indicate in game two. So that might be a tad bit of an issue, but certainly... It has not gone well for some of the acquisitions of the San Diego Padres, so we shall see if they're able to win three straight. I personally don't think that they're going to win three straight, have a chance to be able to win in Game 5, but I do think that ultimately the Phillies close out that series. As John Jansen of the Fox Sports Philadelphia Gambler is joining me on the podcast, and if the Yankees come back from down 3-0, we're going to be telling our children's children <laughs> about how they came back in that series, much like we're going to be doing with the Boston Red Sox for so long when they came back from down three zero. So if the Phillies could just win one out of these last three games, they're going to be most likely match up with the Astros in the world series. And I do think that that would be fascinating because these two teams match up towards the back half of the regular season. As a matter of fact, It was Aaron Nola who sent the team to the postseason thanks to his good start. But I do think that in terms of Astros versus Phillies, no doubt, I think the advantage would have to go to the Astros just in terms of pitching depth itself. But I do think that that would be very interesting because I would argue that the Phillies have a little bit of an advantage when it comes to the overall lineup because the Astros are not quite as strong as they've been with the bats in past years. The question is... Would the Phillies be able to get to the Astros? Just strong in general pitching, because I mean, even Luis Garcia, who could you you could throw in there in the bullpen. We saw him pitch five scoreless against the Seattle Mariners. All those great relievers. That's going to be a tough t- task for the Phillies if they do make it to the World Series.
6: Yeah, it would, and you're right. Overall, the lineup has been really good, and we talk about Harper and Hoskins and Schwer. But it's been a lot of Alec Bohm coming up with big hits and Gene Segura and Brandon Marsh had a big home run uh, in the Braves series. And Bryson Stott's been incredible. It's been the bottom of the lineup that's been impressive. But the problem with that, though, is that bottom of the lineup, what makes them so well rounded, that would be completely rendered useless because Houston starting pitching is that good? Like Christian Javier went up against Garrett Cole, and Garrett Cole is supposed to be the ace of the Yankees and completely outpitched him. Framer Valdez has been amazing all season long. And Justin Verlander is probably gonna win another Cy Young. While I love the Phillies lineup, I think you're right in saying they are probably better than the Astros. I would say while we look at the Phillies as a top heavy lineup with you know Harper Schwarber and all them. It's the bottom of the lineup I think is really good with Segura, Boehm, and Stott coming up with timely hits. They've been excellent, but I just don't know how that would hold up in a series against the Astros. And it's not bullpen. Like Their bullpen's fine. It's it's a good bullpen, obviously, but it's nothing overpowering that I, I think the Phillies couldn't handle. It's the starting pitching. I don't know how that bottom of the lineup handles those Three starters because those guys are some of the best pitchers in baseball and they're all in one starting rotation. I would give the Phillies a a chance, but I've been talking about this all week, kind of like leading up to this, uh, knowing that, okay, here are the NLCS teams, here are the ALCS teams, a potential World Series matchup. What could we see? And just never in my mind could I picture either one of the Padres of the Phillies. Beating the Astros, and it all comes down to pitching, you know. And the lineup, what if it does click? Jose Altuve isn't hitting well. What if all of a sudden he does? But McCormick's been good. Pina's been good. Jordan Alvarez has been one of the best in the postseason. So I would love to sit here and say, I could give the Phillies a chance, but Greg. I am terrified of the Astros. That is one of the most complete teams in baseball. And that starting rotation scares the heck out of me.
5: Oh, absolutely. I just take a look at this Astros team and regardless of if they will get the Padres or the Philadelphia Phillies, it would be an uphill battle for either of those two teams. And It's an uphill battle for anyone to match up with the great content that you put up, John. You do an absolutely amazing (laughs) job taking a look at all things Philadelphia sports. The Eagles have been having themselves an amazing season. You mentioned it. Even MLS is raging out there in Philadelphia right now. We shall see what the 76ers do. And hey, Villanova basketball is going to be starting up in two weeks. A nice Philly matchup between they and Temple. Is going to be two Mondays from now. So it's going to be a lot of fun. And I know you're here to cover it all. So let the good people know they're able to follow you on social media and everything that you've got going on in general.
6: Yeah, what a great time to be a Philly sports fan. So at J Jansen 34, but also foxphlgambler.com, at foxphlgambler on Twitter, also the iHeartRadio app. Just search up The Gambler and you can find us. And I want to plug it, Sunday, I don't know exactly what time, we know it's going to be Sunday, October 30th, either 3 o'clock or 8 o'clock, Philadelphia Union Eastern Conference Final. We will have the call. I'll be on the pre and the post game hosting both of those. So very exciting. So, yeah, everything at Fox Gambler on Twitter and foxpeachogambler.com.
5: And John does an absolutely amazing job taking a look at the Philadelphia sports scene and how to be able to make a little bit of money betting on those teams and so much more. And it is always great to get John aboard on this podcast. A big thanks to him for joining me on the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. Coming up next, it is that time of the podcast. to give you fix and analysis for both Sunday games on the MOB betting board as we touch them all. The Nick
1: I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.
7: I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: Breaking down every game every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson
5: las vegas for the baseball betting show with myself greg peterson now part of the decent family podcast it is always great to get john jansen to fox sports philadelphia the gambler board he does amazing work just taking a look at the games that we all know and love covering the philadelphia sports scene as a whole and every time he joins this podcast delivers the goods So big thanks to him for joining me in the last segment now it is that time the podcast they give you picks and analysis for both games on the betting board for this sunday as we touch them all If
6: a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch
5: them all. Do note that, as per usual, any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed at at juneat_underscore81. Going to be going to the National League game first, then the American League game. So, let's start. 907-908 on the betting board. It is the Padres on the road going up against the Philadelphia Phillies. Zach Whelan and Dylan Wheeler is going to be going for the Phillies. And you Darvish is on the bump for the Padres. And the Padres, between a plus 115 to a plus 125 underdog, minus 135 across the board is the number on the Philly Six and a half is the Z total. Over is between minus 115 and minus 120. The under is between even and minus 105. And when it comes to Wheeling and Neal and Wheeler, I was willing to make him a favorite, though I do think that We've gone up a little bit too lofty here with the Padres. I did need a plus number to take a shot on them. I needed at least a plus 121, so getting a plus 125, I'm going to be willing to fire in, especially with the way that Hugh Darvish has been able to pitch on the road recently. If you take a look at his last five road starts, he's given up less than five runs in that time span, excluding that postseason start against the LA Dodgers. He has been able to do a nice job all season long now. He does have a 350 road ERA overall for the season, but has really been able to tame things down and on the road has given up less than a home run Per nine innings, and that is going to be very important, especially with him having good command, giving up about one point seven walks per nine innings. And for Zach Wheeler, he has been absolutely lights out at home as well. Buck eighty five home ERA all season long. This is ironically enough his first postseason start. That is going to be at home as on the road during the regular season. At a three eighty four ERA, has been significantly better here in the postseason. And the big thing for Wheeler is that he's given up just five home runs in seventy eight innings at home this season. Strikeout numbers are rock solid, getting just below ten strikeouts. Nine innings, but I do think that for the San Diego Padres, because you are going to have a pair of starters that are going to be able to go deep in this game. You're not going to utilize as much of the bullpen as yesterday. At least I hope not because out of the outs that were recorded in the game, I believe that there were 51 in total since the Phillies didn't have last subs. Only two were recorded by the starters. Uh, so. Certainly, you're not going to see as much of the bullpen, but you still have Robert Suarez. If fear the San Diego Padres sub-3 ERA, out of him, Josh Hader, he has been able to deliver a scoreless appearance at each out of his last 15, giving up just one under-run in that time span. Tim Hill, he's provided a sub-3 ERA. And then for the Philadelphia Phillies, they did have to use up David Robertson yesterday. Anthony Dominguez is starting to look like himself, and Jose Alvarado throughout the postseason has been able to do a relatively solid job, but bullpen advantage does go to the San Diego Padres. And both of these offenses right now now firing all cylinders for the Padres all season long, they've been able to generate five runs per game on the road. Juan Soto has had his ups and downs, but I mean he was able to have an okay game number four as he was able to have a pair of RBI and he had a home run, so he's been able to do his part for this team. And then Manny Machado, all postseason long, he's been able to do a good job as during the regular season 32 home runs, sitting nearly at 300 here in the postseason. I believe that he's up to a trio of home runs. Up so he has been able to supply that brand of Has been hitting above a 400. Here in this series as Awesome Kim along Jake Cronenworth Austin Nola they hit between about a 235 to 250 during the regular season. They've done their part in the postseason. Ricks and Profar has had a little bit of a rough go of it and then we were mentioning it with our good friend John in terms of this Philadelphia Phillies lineup. Reese Hoskins has not done a great job here in the postseason but you got to feel like that multi-home run game yesterday was exactly what he needed to get going at Kyle Schwarber. He had at one point three hits I believe for the entirety of the postseason going into game three. He's now been able to have back-to-back multi-games, including going deep yesterday. That's big Bryce Harper is just on all sorts of fire. He's hitting a 400 here in the postseason. He's had a quadrant of home runs. Alec Boehm has had a little bit of a tough postseason, along Gene Segura as well. But these guys move the line. They're able to get on base. But I do ultimately think that because the San Diego Padres are going to be able to back Darvish with a little bit more than Zach Wheeler. And the way that Darvish has been pitching on the road over the last month and a half, it allows the Padres to be able to play sort of even up with the Philadelphia Phillies in, start, in terms of starting rotation. Now, I do think that Wheeler gives a little bit of a better start for the Phillies than Darvish does for the Padres. but being able to get a plus 125 with the Potteries having a bullpen advantage, I'm willing to take a shot on San Diego, and I did set my total at a 6.8. I do think that both of these teams are going to be able to get to the other starter and then into a pair of bullpens that are just frankly packed. So, looking at the over on 6F and looking at the Potteries at a plus 122 or greater than the DK Nation pick, it is going to be on Esther versus Yankees. On the betting board, it's 909-910. Lance McCullough's Jr. is going to be going for the Astros, and Nestor Cortez is on the bum for the Yankees. The Yankees are between minus 119 and minus 125 favorites, and we're between a plus 105 and a plus 112 is your number on Houston, with 6.5 being the total. Over is between 115 and a minus 125. The understanding between minus 105 and plus 105, and when it comes down to it, I do think that the Yankees are going to be able to prolong their season for another game. I set them as a minus 124 favorite. Most places I'm seeing right in that pocket of minus 120, so I'm going to be willing to lay it, but the DK Nation pick is on the over. I set my total just a little bit north of seven because with Lance McCullers Jr., he has given up three runs or fewer in all nine of his starts between the regular season and the postseason this season, but he was supposed to go in game three, but could not because of elbow irritation. He bumped his elbow on a champagne bottle while the team was celebrating their victory of the Seattle Mariners in that series. So, gotta question how close to 100% he's going to be, and he's been loosey-goosey. 3.95 walks per nine innings all season long. The strikeout numbers may have been there. He has been able to supply about 10 strikeouts per nine innings, but you've got to have a little bit of concern that the command is not going to be so great. And then, on the road, between the regular season and the postseason, he has been supplying an ERA north of a 250. Meanwhile, Nestor Cortez at home, 203 ERA between the regular season and the postseason, giving up about a half home run per nine so he's been able to do a solid job on that front. But we've seen the Houston Astros be able to pummel Yankee starters all throughout this postseason, as Chaz McCormick was the guy that was able to go deep yesterday. That has been good for the And hey, Jose Altuve, he's no longer 0-4 here in the postseason. You knew that just at some point he was going to be able to bust through. He hits that double to... Uh, be able to get himself out of the funk. You got to figure that he is going to be able to have better results moving forward for this team. But that is something that you can bank on for the Houston Astros. Jordan Alvarez he's been a little bit cold throughout this series, but he had those two home runs against the Seattle Mariners overall for the season. A four hundred on base. Yuli Gurriel has been able to do a very solid job here in the postseason as well. Overall, he's been able to hit nearly a three seventy five. He's got a pair of home runs. In this postseason as well. So that has been huge for this bunch. And then Jeremy Pena has been a consistent hitter for this team all season long. Hitting about a 300 year in the postseason with a pair of home runs. And then for the New York Yankees, Aaron Judge has had a rough Go of it here in this series, but ever since they moved him out of the leadoff spot, he does have a pair of home runs in six games, so you can tell that that's done him a little bit of good. Harrison Bader has been able to supply four home runs. Team had just won it in game number three. You got to feel like things are going to be a little bit better for this team, and I do expect them to try to just make a little bit more contact in general. I'm sure that Aaron Boone is talking to his guys about, hey, you got 41 strikeouts in three games. Let's focus a little bit less on the deep ball and just trying to move the line as this is a Yankees team that overall sitting about a buck 50 for the postseason. I think it might be a little bit north of that, but I'm not too far off when I say that. And for the New York Yankees, this team led the American League in terms of runs per game, especially at home and led the American League in home runs. I do think that they're going to be able to bust through a little bit more. The Houston Astros did have to trot out their Brian Rayu from the bullpen. Now they're going to have Ryan Presley all locked in, ready to go. Seth Martinez has be able to supply a subfield. Three ERA as well. Ryan Sanik has saw it all. Postseason they did use him yesterday as well, but overall a rest bullpen. The and then for the New York Yankees, you are going to have the big guns available. Wandi Peralta, Clay Holmes, they did not come into game number three, so they're going to be good to go in on this one. Jonathan Luizaga turns back half of the season has been able to do some nice things for this team as well, but I do think that the Astros are going to be able to get to Nestor Cortez a little bit. He's been a little bit fortunate on balls that have been in play in New York this season, and I do think that with Lance McCullers Jr.'s walks issues and just his elbow in general, you've got to have some question marks. So the HP is going to be on the over, and with the Yankees on the side, I'm going to lay up to a minus 124, and that'll wrap things up for the Sunday edition of the Baseball Betting Show. Now part of the Beeson Family Podcast, a big thanks to John Jansen, Fox Sports, Philadelphia, the Gambler for joining me in the last segment. If you do like hearing from this fine podcast, Baseball Betting Show, you're able to subscribe wherever you podcast: Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and tune in. If you've got a question, comment, segment idea, whatever you've this podcast, got one of two ways to go for those in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at JanetArnest41. Keep in mind, let They mean does not matter, so as per usual, please just send these into the timeline and the other way. That is find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you are able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. Find that five-star review. I'm coming at you guys every single day throughout the baseball season, and that means I'm going to be coming at you guys once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in.